Hello. On this podcast, we talk about movies, their faults, their flaws, and their plots. So, expect some spoilers. You've been warned. Welcome to Plot Spackle. I'm John, and I think if I got shrunk as a kid, I'd have been eaten by a centipede. I'm Eric, and if I was shrunk as a kid, I'd probably get got by the spiders. I'm Richard, and if I got shrunk as a kid, I probably would have been eaten by a snake. Or killed by the cat. What eats the snakes? Now, Eric, are you sure you would have been eaten by a spider and not, like, by a bird? Birds aren't real, John. Let's, let's be serious here. Birds aren't real. That's because birds are robots, right? Government drones. And you're a robot. Which means that you're part of the robot circle of life. Is this one of those paradoxes that's made to mess up uh, AI? Are you trying to poison my... Uh... If I wanted to mess with AI, I'd ask you to draw a hand. Yeah, it's like ten fingers. On each hand? Yeah, easy. <laughs> more fingers means more human. But what... <laughs> So how many, how many fingers does it take to fill in these plot holes? At least 20. But what are we filling the plot holes with, John? I can draw fingers, but not... Uh... We don't want his fingers. We'll fill it full of, like, an absurd amount of, you know, cream filling. Or, like, those uh, 12-foot-tall Cheerios. 12-foot-tall Cheerios. They're great. No, 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 no. That is Frosted Flakes, John. Get it right. Ah. Oh. I'm all wrong here, but I'm right about the movie we're talking about. Well, it's Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Oh, you're right. That's the movie. All right, then. Yeah. Now, uh, Eric, Mm -hmm. did you watch this movie? I did watch this movie. Uh, Did you watch this movie when you were a kid? I did also watch my... We had this on VHS when I was a kid. With the... uh... With the Roger Rabbit cartoon. All right. So what's the plot of the Roger Rabbit cartoon? I think... So you have Roger Rabbit and you have the, the baby... The baby is doing a lot of stuff it shouldn't be doing, and Roger Rabbit's trying to save it, and it turns into a Looney Tunes-esque, uh, I don't want to say charade, but uh, escapade with the uh, progressively more dangerous activities that the baby finds itself in. I guess it's kind of Tom and Jerry, too. Maybe an unholy mix between Tom and Jerry and Looney Tunes. I mean, we're so close, and yet so far away on this. I haven't... Listen... As I was watching, uh, we were movie. just testing you to see if you'd actually watched it, and it sounds to me like you just researched online what the VHS tape was like, so you could pretend you'd seen this before. Um, why? I don't know. What sort of cred do I have? You should have gone for the laserdisc release, really. I'm so, fortunately, I did not have that superior format. All right. Well, if you can't tell us the plot of the uh, Roger Rabbit cartoon, what's the plot of the actual movie? Well, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids stars two families. You have Rick Moranis' family and the other guy's family. They're kind of, I would say... Matt Frewer? Sure, whatever. I don't know what else he's been in. I don't remember. I, I mean, I've seen him in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. I think he's in Honey, I Blew Up the Kids as well. But that's besides the point. Wait, what's important is you have two dysfunctional families uh, that live right next to each other. Uh, you have Rick Moranis's family, which is very sci-fi techy. Like he's gonna solve everything with uh, electronics, 
And then you have the more traditional uh, sportsy family that they like to go out and do real stuff. Like they're going to go camping and fishing and, and be on the football team. Yeah. Be, you know, bench press billions of pounds to be on the football team. Anyways, you have these two families who aren't really communicating with each other. And through some uh, wacky hijinks. Oh, what I should also add is the Rick Moran's family. He is working on a shrink ray. He is going to solve world hunger by making things smaller or bigger. One of the two. Uh, He's going to fix logistics. Uh, Very important. I, I mean, I would hate to live in a world without logistics personally. That's for your patrons out there. I think we're recording for that. <laughs> we were discussing uh, uh, how important logistics are for you. So Rick Moranis is working on a shrink ray, but Rick Moranis isn't able to make it work. For some strange reason, it keeps blowing up fruits and other test objects. Well, the other families, uh, their youngest son happens to accidentally send a f- baseball through their window activating the shrink ray and um, interfering with some of the electronics but basically he makes it work through random chaos happenstance but because the um the shrink ray is just it's going all crazy and ends up shrinking the the daughter and the son from the rick moran's family and the two sons from the other guy's family what's his bucket rusty or something or russell that's his name big russ um, Russell Senior, Big Russ. Sure, what? A, that doesn't sound real. Well, Ooh. there's Big Russ and Little Russ. Very little Russ at this mm-hmm. point in the story. Mm-hmm. Anyways, the kids get shrunk. They're stuck in the attic where the shrink ray is. But after Rick Moranis decides that, hey, I'm going to destroy this machine that keeps ruining my life, and I've dedicated I don't know how many years towards it. It's, I think it was five. Some. Some amount of time, the kids get swept up into a garbage bag and get put out on the porch in their backyard. Luckily, they're able to escape, but the movie is them trying to reach the house again. Um, the and throughout the movie, like they have to deal with the dangers that you're found that are found in a, a backyard, like streams of dog urine, scorpions, uh, bees. And lawnmowers. And the sprinklers going off. Oh, yeah. Sprinklers, too. And I don't know why they were sprinkling during the middle of the day. Everyone knows that you sprinkle it in the early morning. So you get the best. It wasn't uh, This was back in the 80s. The, 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 the sprinkler was an uh, accidental thing. Was it automatic, though? No, it's because uh, the hose was caught on the handle. And as he was pulling it along on his little stilts, it pulled turned the... Uh, oh, I did not. The spigot. And that's what turned it on. I did not... I must have looked away during that part. I know the sprinklers came on, but I didn't see the action turning on. Anyways, okay, I'll cut Rick Moranis some slack. But the kids, after surviving many hard, hardships, make it back to the house where the they're able to convey how the um, machine actually works. Rick Moranis figures out that, hey, the laser I'm using to generate this shrinking field puts off too much heat. That's what's causing things to blow up. And after they get everyone back to normal size, mostly, every everyone is able to work out their differences and both of the dif- dysfunctional families become one functional family. How heartwarming. Very. And, and then they eat Thanksgiving dinner. And then they have Thanksgiving. 
which ties us into this time period, because I think this is our Thanksgiving episode, or at least one of them. At least Close it, enough. At least it comes out in November, and that it's the season is of good enough. We'll take it. Good enough for government work. I mean, bringing up government work, shouldn't he have just sold the uh, laser that blew up apples to the uh, Department of Defense? Probably. They didn't want anything that just blew up apples. They wanted I to blow up it, other things. I think it would have blown up anything else that you put in front of it. I mean, Rick Moranis was a believed that in the movie itself. He says if it didn't work, it would have blown up the kids. There'd be bits of them all over the place. <laughs> Department of Defense would be calling. They love killing kids. Oh, <laughs> dark places, stay Eric. You're probably going to cut all that out too. <laughs> probably, I probably should. <laughs> I don't Anyways, need, I don't need Department of Defense coming to get me. We're sorry, NSA. <laughs> We're sorry. We don't have a laser in our basement. Speak for yourself. Anyways, so what are the movie facts, Richard? All right. So this had a release date of June 23rd, 1989. It was originally slated to be a Christmas movie, but got pushed out into to become a summer film. Had an estimated budget of $18 million. Got $14 million back in its opening weekend grossed $130 million, uh, in the U.S. and Canada, and hit $222 million worldwide. That's why it got a franchise and a series. It did. I'm surprised it's not part of the MCU at this point. I mean, they're basically scraping the bottom of the barrel, so... I would put the Kowalskis versus Ant-Man. Look, the big things with it is, like, it had pretty good, ge- pretty good general reception for it, um, the first week earnings surpassed Disney's previous highest single week record with, uh, that was three men and a baby. And then it went on to gross like the 130 million and became the sixth highest grossing video, like home video of 1990 when they released it on VHS. Is this, so, um, is this still the time when VHSs were like $50 each? No. Okay, because I know, like, when VHSs first came out, they were, like, really expensive because they were really only intended for, like, movie th- uh, blockbusters or whatever. Uh, places that were going to... Well, and, you know, people who could afford a VCR. Mm-hmm. Now, I think at this time, uh, VCRs were commonplace yeah. enough okay. that there was a... I, I still think it might have been, like, in the 35. Because I, I just can't... Which is I mean, a lot yeah. of money at that time. Especially 80s money. Which is why you had rental stores. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, there was, they they did pair the Roger Rabbit cartoon Tummy Trouble with the film in the theaters. And so it benefited from people who wanted more Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which had come out just prior to this. And then it had a bunch of people who wanted to go see Batman, but couldn't get into Batman because Batman was sold out. And so they went to see Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. All right. So it had a lot of stuff going for its favor in success. Now, as far as fun things, the giant bowl of milk and cereal to drop a child in was a tank filled with 16,000 gallons of their own homemade milk substitute comprised of chlorinated water, food thickener, and dye. I'm glad there's no actual milk because all things I've heard about working with actual milk is terrible because it just curdles under the studio lights. Mm-hmm. 
Yummy. The the giant Cheerios were made from tractor tire inner tubes. Yeah, I could see that. And so they were about 12 feet tall, 12 feet in diameter and coated in foam. They had a lot of fun building the set because they ended up building like 12 houses for the neighborhood with front and backyards for it. Uh, They had the 10 foot tall oatmeal cookie made out of polyurethane foam and real cream filling. At least enough cream filling that they could dig into it. That a bunch of children could could go into it. Uh, 40 foot tall blades of grass. The giant mechanical ant that had like 12 people to run the puppetry for it. And then like, I think it was, they did like latex foam core and horse hair for the uh, hairy texture. And then they had to recreate it for stop motion. Yeah. So it could fight the stop motion scorpion. Yep. But the Society for the Preservation of English Language and Literature was not a fan of this film, and they gave it their 1989 Dunce Cap Award because the title used the grammatical error of using the word shrunk instead of shrank. You know what? I think Honey, I Shrunk the Kids sounds better. Honey, I Shrank the Kids. See, it just doesn't... It doesn't roll off your tongue. No, well. no. Like, can I also say that does that sounds like a club I definitely don't want to be a part of. Like, you don't want to be a part of spell. Oh my gosh! They even have an acronym, like a backronym. A a backronym. It's a bad acronym too. They should be ashamed of themselves by doing that. They cannot uh, claim any sort of moral superiority for grammar over right. anyone else. Guys, I'm going to give them the dunce cap for their backronym. It's just bad. The plot spackle dunce cap. Okay. We'll see how they like it. We don't do it like annually. We just do it whenever we feel like it. Usually it goes to George. Mm -hmm. It gets diluted a bit, but whatever. We have a real person, people now. Is it even, I bet it's still around, but that sounds like something pedantic people would like to be pedant in. (laughs) No, like I said, they did pair the uh, Roger Rabbit short with the film. And because it was so successful and a lot of people went to see it because of it, it ended up getting included on the VHS and the Laserdisc release of this movie so that you could get the theater experience of the Roger Rabbit short followed by Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Now, the original title was going to be Teeny Weenies. (laughs) And uh, for some reason, they decided that one wouldn't sell as well. You know, it would not have sold as well. I think they'd still have gotten the dunce cap from Spell, though. They probably would have. But they were they decided not to go with it because they decided that no adult would want to go and see a film called Teeny Weenies. Maybe in Vienna they would. They call it Vienna Sausages there, though. Fair. Fair. <laughs> now, initially for uh, Zelensky, they were trying to get John Candy. And John Candy is the one who recommended Rick Moranis. Because they're best buds. Yeah, yeah, this feels like a Rick Moranis role, too. Like, I'm just trying to imagine John Candy trying to pretend to be a, like, tech whiz. See, I I could see him being a bad tech whiz. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but then that's, he's the kind, like, I think uh, John Candy could have been the dad in the Gremlins. Sure. 
but you couldn't be the dad for the uh for honey i shrunk the, honey kids. Shrunk the kid because 99 percent of the uh inventions work sure but they're also all crazy which i could buy from john candy so i just feel like john candy would try and sell the inventions <laughs> to you more than like he can sell them inventions better than the inventions work is how I would see his character in the sure. show would be. Okay. He would have gotten it to the Department of Defense. He also would have succeeded on his uh presentation at the uh at the uh tech or at the uh, invention. Ah shoot, I don't even know what the corporation was. It was a university, I believe. Was it just a university? Mm-hmm. And then he would have blown something up with it and then they wouldn't have been yes, interested. Yes, he would have he would have succeeded in the presentation. So how unethical do we want to be, guys? With AI, I bet we could put John Candy's voice in over Rick Moranis's voice, so we could at least hear what it would sound like. I'm not feeling super unethical, and also that sounds like work. Yeah, it does. We probably have to pay for it. Isn't the whole point of AI for so you do less work? Yeah, well, okay, I'm sorry, I have to sit on a chair and type a couple prompts. And then sort through all the prompts? I don't know, I don't and do it... AI work. <laughs> I haven't done AI voice faking. Yeah, that's... We probably have to, like, make it recognize a whole bunch of John Candy stuff, so... We'll just make it watch a bunch of John Candy movies and then have it do. Mm-hmm. But uh, do we have more effects? Going back to the actual movie? <laughs> yes. Going back to the actual movie, this was directed by Joe Johnston, who... Uh, this was his first film outside of his student project. And when he asked if the student project had gotten him the... Had, was what got them the role and they were like no we're giving it to you in spite of it <laughs> <laughs> because he was recommended by the person who was originally supposed to direct it but because this went suit was super successful they let him direct the rocketeer so what you're trying to say is that everyone involved in this feature was the second choice a lot of people were now uh, their second choice name, second choice <laughs> main actor, second choice director. Uh, there was the screenwriter, Jeffrey Krauf, who sued Disney, claiming that he, the idea was stolen from his screenplay about a boy who invents people shrinking formulas. And it was thrown out by the U.S. Circuit of Appeals because they were like, they are not substantially similar. Hasn't like people shrinking existed for a long time, since like the 1800s at least. I mean, Gulliver's Travel has small people. I don't know if anyone shrinks, but uh, yes, Alice does have shrinking stuff. Mm-hmm. And The Incredible Shrinking Man was a decades old story at this point. I mean, there's the Twilight Zones. And then, yeah, Twilight Zone episodes with the uh, shrunk people. And I think there's a movie that is just about like a guy who shrinks people to turn him into doll sizes so he can keep them as dolls um there was a disney world ride that's specifically shrinking the inner space yeah inner space so the the ship gets shrunk you go through an inner a body or whatever it's very hard to like copyright claim the idea of like shrinking and i guess the idea is children get shrunk mm-hmm. no one's shrunk a, ch- a kid before i'm pretty sure the disneyland ride did <laughs> Or Disney World, right? Is that right post Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, though? I think it was the 80s or 70s. Which, Inner Space? Well, Inner Space. Is it, was the ride in Disneyland based off of Inner Space? I, I meant Disney World. Was that... the ride at Disney World based off of Inner Space? That's what I'm concerned, is if it's based off of that or just the what would be like to be small. Um, 
because I think the concept there is just to have fun with uh like in cinema with but large it, props. So the adventure through inner space in as the Disneyland attraction was from like the 1960s. Okay, because that's when that movie was made. Oh, is it a movie? Oh yeah, there's well there's inner space and then there's the Incredible Journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is where they shrink the people down to go through the bloodstream to deal mm-hmm. with the uh, heart condition. Mm-hmm. But what, this is a long way of us just trying to say there's a lot of shrinking things. Yeah, things, there are, and it's hard shrink. to it's hard to copyright it, which is why the uh, the court just threw it out. I feel like also that was one of those guys who like is just got their ear to the ground and like hear. That something's like being worked on and then immediately like, like hash Break out something that I don't know. I can't say for certain. Well, he, all he has to do is just say, Hey, I was creating a story. It doesn't say that. <laughs> I don't even have to movie. prove as I, I thought of this first and I told my imaginary friend. So he's my witness well, and that's good enough. All he has to do is go type up a quick script or whatever and backdate it to whenever. Well, that's why I'm just a big fan of the fact that the movie troll has a kid named Harry Potter who learns about magic. It's fun. Mm-hmm. There's fun things. So the last one is some fun math for you. Uh, math time. Because uh, Nick calculates that at their reduced size, that the 64 feet to make it to the house is 3.2 miles, which will give us how big, how like how much bigger to them everything would be. And it is a factor of 264 times in order to make the 64 feet be equivalent to 3.2 miles. Do we know their starting heights? Uh, I mean, we could probably work it out. Averages for their ages, probably. I mean, I'm sure we... I mean, if we sat down with a screenshot, we could probably work it out. But and, I'm not going to do that. And to that. the listeners, we will be collecting your papers at the end. Please show all your work. Oh, yeah, yeah. Look, I just did some quick math based off of how how much 64 feet you have to do to get 3.2 miles. That's a pretty good-sized backyard. It was probably bought... So it's... We haven't said where it's set yet, but... We assume we, somewhere in California. Yeah, so Cali- there some- is debate on that. Because if you go with the... Uh, Honey, we blew up the kid. They mentioned that they moved from Fresno or the Fresno area. But in this movie, there is a sign for the Beverly Hills Mall, which is down in which is down south. But then there's a couple of other things later where they talk about like going fishing at a specific lake, which is more north towards Fresno. So there's a lot of stuff that points to Fresno being the right area, but I'd say since it's mentioned canonically within the later films. But, see, but it's the later sequel. They can say all sorts of stuff in sequels. But once it's established as canon in a sequel, it's now canon okay, do we at count, that point. So question, do we count Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves? I don't think we should. No one should count that movie. Is Honey, I Shrunk Ourselves the Home Alone 3 of a it was Honey, the, I Shrunk uh, Our Kids? It was the direct-to-video sequel. So, yes. Mm-hmm. But it did have the uh, riding in your Hot Wheels car. I don't remember it. I'm not going to lie. I don't remember Honey, I Shrunk Ourselves that much either. I know we watched it a bunch on VHS. I remember that one more than Honey, We Blew Up the Kid. Yeah. Um, I remember, so 
we meet Rick Moranis' brother, who's also a kind of whiz, uh, like a really pretty smart guy. Yeah. But not as smart as Rick Moranis. And so he's trying to create a special chemical so that construction workers will glow in the dark. Oh, yeah. And then Rick Moranis is like, what's, what's going on? I'm not glowing. He's like, oh, yeah? Lift up your shirt. And they're all their stomachs are glowing. So Rick Moranis and solves this problem. I now remember that. And then the other guy's like, I was actually just thinking of making everyone wear tutu or crop tops or whatever. So that they had to <laughs> that could have been played by John Candy. But yes, was, I think John was, Candy could have been the brother. <laughs> but I think John Candy was dead at this time. So unfortunately, oh, yeah, it's he true. Have. Maybe that role was written with John Candy in mind. Mm-hmm. Anyways, back to fun facts. That was, That's really it. Oh. We got to the math. <laughs> that that was the fun. the fun. All right. Once well. we got to the math, the fun was done. I thought the math was the was the peak of fun. I didn't say it wasn't. All right, good. <laughs> you also didn't say it was. I note. <laughs> I will not specify in either way. It will be a mystery for time and eternity. Math jokes being the first sign of madness. Yes. Listen, John. Do we need to pull out Donald Duck and Math Magic Land to show you how fun math can be? I'd prefer Goofy to teach me how fun math can be. You don't want Goofy to teach you math. I want he can he can do physics, which is I guess applied math, but I just want some point like a quadratic formula to make Goofy make the woo hoo 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 sound. But we do have plot holes. I suppose we do. So I found some on I or I guess we found. Some, I'm pretty sure we all gone there, but there's some on IMDb. I have not looked at MovieMistakes.com though. But there's three on IMDb, and then whatever we else we've thought up. Uh, CinemaSins had a uh, CinemaSins sucks. But I'm not going to watch CinemaSins. Look, it's just that everything's a sin these days. They go too far to find sins. They they kind of scrape the barrel. It's like, why didn't he notice this? Blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, it's not a plot hole. That's like... There are plenty of things you don't notice every day. Mm-hmm. Does your life have plot holes? Well, no. they'll, they'll do a lot of character errors or whatever, where it's like, okay, they made a mistake, but you being the uh, the observer have benefit of, well, observing or having the full picture. They don't. Besides the point. Cinema wins all the way, baby. All right. I'll go for cinema therapy. I, mean, I haven't seen that one. Is I, got, I got a Reddit here. <gasps> a Reddit? Okay. For our physics. I'm also like skimmed the top. Just get that little bit of a... Scum? Scum from the top. You uh, don't want to go too deep. Oh, what when you're refining something, what's the um I can't remember what the The dross. Dross, but there's also another like an S word for the stuff on top. But I can't remember. Skim. I cannot tell you I am not a blacksmith. You're not a farrier? I am not. Yeah, well. I mean it'd be a cool hobby I mean, to have, but Look, not everybody can put horseshoes on things, so... Don't farriers do other stuff, too? I know that's mostly horseshoes. Farriers but... are specifically for horseshoes. Oh, okay. I thought it was kind of like, they specialize in horseshoes, but they might dabble in other blacksmithy things on oh, the side. They almost certainly do other blacksmithy things, but farriery is specifically horseshoes. Is it like, it's like being a cobbler or whatever, where it's, there's like, oh, okay, so you're a hatter or a haberdasher, it's like... Two di- they both deal with hats, but one's different. The haberdashers and milliners? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kind of. Man, English is weird. We like having lots of words. 
I guess, you know, you have your German words and your French words, and then they fight. And through their love-hate relationship, they brought about English. Anyways, John. All right. All right. So w- which one do we want to start with? Well, let's just do the Reddit one. Okay. Just get, let's get that off the way. So the premise of the movie is that all matter is made up of atoms and empty space. And if you proportionally reduce the amount of empty space, you will shrink the object. But empty space doesn't have weight. It's empty. So if you reduce them to about a quarter of an inch in height, they would still weigh their original weight. Proportionally, they would weigh 276 times their weight at that size. So it's like a 50-pound bowling ball. 264. Oh, 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 the math slapped down. <laughs> um, well, we do know that it has to deal with quantum, so I'm going to throw some quarks and quantum stuff in there. Quark is the dog. Exactly. He has to deal with stuff. I think that maybe um, nothing actually weighs anything. Oh, so we're going to get into some Higgs boson territory. And it's just that uh, we catch dark matter in the space between our atoms. And so by having less space between their atoms, there's less dark matter for them to get. Yes, we are all just dark matter nets. All right. You heard it here first. Breakthrough in quantum physics. We'll be accepting the Nobel Peace Prize anytime now. You have our address. Or a P.O. Box. We don't have a P.O. Box, but we can get one. <laughs> Look, we've got a lot of email addresses, so... And we have also on uh, X, formerly known Twitter, and Facebook. We'll get to that at the end. But yeah, so dark matter nets. That's all. All matter weighs nothing. The space between just allows it to catch dark matter, and that's what weighs. Look, if I've learned anything from the Ant-Man series, it's that by utilizing the PIM particles, you don't actually have what have to uh, change the weight for things, except when you want to, because you can roll around your building as a rollaway luggage case and keep a tank on your keychain and still punch people at full weights. So since the children didn't know they were supposed to weigh, the, oh, weigh as much. Oh, they couldn't control. Mm-hmm. It was all in their mind. They weren't utilizing the full power of the PIM particle. I'm going to bring this up. So I, I agree with you, Richard, ex- except for the whole PIM particle stuff, because this isn't Marvel. But look, they're both Disney properties. I'm going to do it. Well, I mean, now they are. At the time, they weren't. But so in the university meeting, um, Rick Moranis' character is like, Think about the logistics. You can take something big and shrink it down. But if it's you still have to deal with the weight, then shrinking it down doesn't like help it much. It's not like you could load more onto an airplane. And like, sure, you could fit maybe 260 times more, but can the plane carry 260 times more weight? Sorry, 264 times. 264, thank you. It's, it's just, it's harder to say off like fast. So it has to reduce the weight as well. So yeah, he's talking about logistics. He... He's he talked about quantum stuff. He's keeping a trade secret. They um he's not gonna oh, tell him how he, it works. He's not telling him the full story. As long as, you know, if he got a grant or whatever, then he might be willing this to This is what we call dumbing things down for your audience. If you're a bunch of people who don't understand the science techie stuff afterwards, you just want to get give them the idea of what's going on. They but don't have to understand exactly how it is. Since he was at the is. university, he shouldn't have dumbed down his... Uh... He probably shouldn't have. But even then, if they aren't all a bunch of physics majors, it may still have been too complicated. 
I still think he's not going to share the whole secret. He has his little secret recipe of what has to happen, like his algorithm or whatever. You don't share everything. You got to get them interested. It's And then when once they give you the money, then you can, okay, this is how it works. At the very least, he should have brought it so he could blow up an apple for them. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Could he get it through the door, though, of the... Uh, of his attic. Given that in like one day he managed to repair it from beating it with a loose piece of a uh, metal, that includes like uh, shattering off transistors and capacitors and broken microchip boards. Mm-hmm. I think he can disassemble he it rather probably quickly. Probably could have just built another one, or like I just say take it apart on some level. Mm-hmm. And put it together. It might have taken him like an hour, so he'd need to have been aware of his time better. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, just that's my uh, that's my thought on it. Okay, okay. Maybe it like shunts a large portion of the object into an alternate dimension. Well, he did say quantum, like I said. So that can do anything. Like, like they stick it. Like it keeps the basic form. And then shoves most of the insides elsewhere, and so... This is why Cthulhu is angry when he wakes up. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're just shunting random bits of people into his dreams. Yeah, there's like a there's like a couch. Half a couch, just... It's his thinking couch. That's Cthulhu's thinking now dream. I don't know. I still go by the uh, dark matter net of existence theory. Sure, sure. Dark matter, or... The uh, the earliest MCU film ever. That doesn't really answer that. It just shows that the MCU also has consistency problems. Wasn't there that Avengers no. film in like the no. early 80s? No! <laughs> wasn't... But that wasn't part of the MCU canon. I guess at the point, none of this was a part of the MCU canon. This but... is where it starts. All right. Well, Avengers Assemble. Turns out that uh, Mr. Zelensky... Ends up working with a guy named Pym. You, you know, Zelensky had been at the final fight against Thanos. One shot from the uh, <laughs> shrink ray and problem gone. Look, Rick Moranis could take Thanos. Yeah. Which form of Rick Moranis? Take your pick. <laughs> I don't think um, Seymour takes Thanos. You don't think Seymour could take Thanos? He's too much of a... He might make Thanos feel bad as he snaps his fingers. I think he would just, like, give extra urgency to uh, Thanos. He'd be like, oh, I'm going to count you in for sure on the snap. Um, <laughs> um, just to just to end this all. What about Dark Helmet? He could take Thanos. I'm also thinking of the Strange Brew guy. I can't remember his name, though. Oh. He would take Thanos, too. All right. Well, I mean. <laughs> okay. We should get back to the plot. Yeah, we can though. get some plot holes. <laughs> all right. I'll, okay. So to IMDb, then. Onwards. After the kids are shrunk and Solinsky destroys his machine, he thoroughly sweeps the floor of the attic, ridding it of both the broken microchips and the kids. In spite of this, his shrunken thinking couch and chair are still on the attic floor, undisturbed an hour or so later. Um, I will mention they are in the corner of the ha- floor, not the middle of the floor where all the pieces fell. Turns out that he doesn't sweep the corners when he sweeps things. Yeah. I don't think they were actually in the corners, though. Because then he would have crushed the couch when he went to sit down and it wasn't there. Maybe he just missed And he it. does find them closer towards the center. I just don't think he's very good at sweeping. 
That's what happens when you use a wicker broom. Like, like that attic is pretty like cluttered mm. and dusty. And the floorboards are like surprisingly spaced far apart. I bet yeah. a lot of stuff falls in there. And like, there's a ton of nails just sticking out too. He just got the big ones. Picked up the big pieces. Move it out of the way. Yeah, he was just trying to get rid of the pieces of the machine. Mm-hmm. I thought he wanted to get the glass, though. Didn't uh, He said, Quark, there's glass all over here. Don't come in. So I bet he was just sweeping up the glass. He didn't go for everything. He just got enough of the... He was that. trying to get the, the glass, which closer to the window, and then the pieces from the uh, machine that he threw away. Mm-hmm. And that just happened to get in there. Yeah. Yeah, he's just, he's just not very good at sweeping. Which worked out for him in this situation. I mean, lucky happenstance. It's why he'll never have to do housework again. Could have killed his kids. Mm-hmm. Sorry, honey, I can't Almost sweep. killed his kids by sweeping. Can't sweep now. What if I kill the kids, hon? <laughs> what if I, <laughs> if I shrunk the kids again? Where are the kids? They're right over there watching TV. <laughs> are you worried about killing them? Obviously. I mean, do you want me to try? It happened once. It could happen again. Any moment. Strangers could have snuck into her house. Do you want it's me? amazing that Diane stayed with him. Well, it sounds like at the beginning they were like thinking a knot. <laughs> Things were kind of rough at the beginning. I mean, she was selling houses, though, so that's cool. So there you go. We know we now know some of the source of this problem. What was Big Russ's job is my question. Did they ever mention? I don't think so. Just he has enough to afford an RV and an $80 non-refundable deposit. I'm going to go with car salesman. Yeah, I could see the car salesman. I almost want to say maybe a manual labor foreman. Like he's in management. He's a football coach. No, because if he was the football coach, then he he would have known already about his son, like not being in it. Yeah, but he's like the uh, he goes to the college football coach. He goes to a different school. You don't know him. Yeah, I, I, I kind of lean now to the foreman, mm-hmm. Mike, because, uh, oh, shoot, would he be close enough to work at the docks? Hmm. Let's see. Because I don't know how far exactly Fresno's from the coast. That's what I'm pulling up. Because it's not on the coast. I want to say it's, it's like 30 it's miles. pretty far. Okay. So he's out of that then. Probably just a construction foreman, I'd say. Um, but he can. He could work in logistics. It's not too far from some of the drives into, like, it's not that far off I-5. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's so- on the way to Sacramento. So. But I, I think he would be doing a manual labor sort of job. But he's a boss of some sort. That's why he could afford a RV. And why he can't do the uh, bar the weightlifting anymore. Mm-hmm. So he used to, but he sits behind it. I don't want to say he sits behind a desk too much, but that's that's what that's what I'm saying. I'm sticking to it. All right, you'll stick to that, and we'll stick to the fact that Zelensky is not good at sweeping his attic. <laughs> <laughs> sure. All right. Uh, so- you know what? I'm also going to throw out maybe one little extra added bit for it. I bet that couch has been there for a very long time, and so it's kind of got divots in the floor. And so it's in one of the divots? So it went down on the divot, so he couldn't actually sweep it up good because it just stayed in the divot. Uh, so it's one. Of, it was a hardwood floor. Uh, it, 
What? It was like a 50s couch, wasn't it? Or was it like a 40s? I, think I it was a 40s I could couch. not identify the age of couches. But that I mean, is. Did it have the wooden legs like the um Let's see, because it it was pretty torn up because it had the scratched up uh, mm-hmm. cushions on either side. I'm I'm just thinking like if he's sitting down, he's like sitting down on it hard and it's scratching the floor. That's where the divots come from. Yeah, yeah, and it, you know we know he does this because it's his thinking couch. Mm-hmm. So it, he's had it for a while. That's why he keeps it. Oh yeah, when he went to sit down, he like sat down fairly hard. It's not like yeah. he's reaching out to put himself down. He just kind of turns. The, this and is sits. a couch that he like got for. Uh, five bucks once from a yard sale when he was a like a t- teenager or just going into college and I, he's had it since then i wouldn't say five bucks i would say he found it on the uh edge side of the, of the road side of the road just fr- this couch is free let me just say some it of the- said five bucks but it was free after dark <laughs> i mean if you want to get rid of something fast you put a five dollar five dollar sign on it you'll never put a five dollar sign on it and don't watch it mm-hmm and it'll be gone in like 30 minutes. Because there's nothing people love more than stealing. Yeah, so yeah, that worked its way into the floor. There, there's some hardwood divots. Mm-hmm. All right. Because it's not like it was well-treated wood either up in that attic. Haha, mm-hmm. <laughs> plot solved. There we go. So our next one then is that Zelensky realizes at the end of the movie that the laser generating heat is what made his machine fail to work the way he wanted it to. But we see at the beginning of the movie, he uses a cold fluid, presumably liquid nitrogen, to try and maintain the heat inside the machine. So he should have known about this already. Well, he was keeping it cool at the right point in the process. From what I see, it's a multi-stage like laser because we first we get the the laser and then when it goes through the. uh, Like the actual nozzle. It kind of expands. So there's like two sets going on. So maybe he's got the one set. Right. But the other one's the one that had to go through the baseball and that cut down on it somehow. So I don't think the cooling is for the laser, though, because you'll notice that the it shoots out electricity when it's shrinking things. That means there's capacitors in there. The cooling is to keep the capacitors cold. OK, so it takes a lot of power and that's why he was keeping it cool. Mm hmm. And he's like, I'm going to go with liquid cool. But lasers, well, it's just light. They don't, unless it's infrared, but you can see the but, lasers. But we've talked about chemical lasers on the show. We have. Do we need to keep those cold? Or? I'd assume that any shrinking laser would I be mean, chemical on some level. I mean, we'd have to, I'd have to uh, take another look at his machine to really determine whether or not this is a chemical laser. Or Do you not. remember what episode that was with the chemical lasers? Oh. Was that one of our early ones? It was not one of our early ones. No. It was last year, wasn't it? No. Now this is going to bug me. Was it earlier this year? No. Okay, we're running out of years, Richard. <laughs> you, you, you've you given us early, which is five years ago. Yeah. And last year. That's only two of five years. You have eliminated less than half of the episodes we have done. And I did late last year, too. Was it, I think, was it part of our video games? I don't think so. Was it, um, was it Laura Croft? The Tomb Raider ones? Ooh. I think it was Laura Croft. I think Croft. it was Laura Croft. It was, it was Laura Croft. Yeah. Cause we were talking about, uh, chemical, le- chemical lasers for the, uh, laser sights on guns. Yep. Mm. All right, man. All right. So if you want to learn more about chemical lasers, check out our Laura Croft episode, our Tomb Raider episode, which came out 
two to three years ago. We kind of like bled over. All right. So we, I think we have to decide exactly how the laser works if we want to figure out why a baseball is, is the missing component. <laughs> um, I'm guessing because the laser has a very wide beam. Or it, I'm thinking it's maybe bleeding off too much of the actual laser bit. That's why there's a lot of heat. It's inefficient. So, so my issue here is once the laser goes through it, won't the heat still? Yeah, won't that like the problem? Like it can't be just impeding it because once it's gone through it, because it has to go through, it's gone through it. I'm gonna say that there was. I'm gonna take a little bit of what you were talking about, Eric. There was spread off of the initial laser. And the baseball is only allowing the part that's focused enough to burn its way through the baseball to continue through. And it's all the spread that was making things blow up, not necessarily cool. Oh, so it was trying to shrink in multiple directions at once. Mm -hmm. And so everything shrunk individually. And then that collapsed the shrinking matrix. Ooh, maybe it, it just meant that it was shrinking... Uh, all like a bunch of different parts of you at different rates. Yeah, because yeah. of the uncontrolled wavelengths. Yeah, and so and uh, that's what makes things just unstable and unattached from each other. Yeah, because that would that would make it so there was now space between them. But then the uh, air would rush in that space and spread it apart. And so, so the some... baseball is blocking a lot of the loose stuff around it, only allowing the really focused stuff through. Okay, so let's get. I'm going to bring up another math. Um, so if he uh, had parabolas. looked closely, he no, might have parabolas. realized that parts of the exploded apple were in fact shrunk. shrunk, but they were very small. And you can't. He wouldn't have hard time picking them out from the the apple regular sauce. exploded. Yeah, I think this is just a practical. Okay, so I'm going to bring up some more math stuff. I think this is a mm. practical um, visualization of an asymptote. You know how it's kind of like it goes. Um, the curve goes slowly, gradually, then exponentially low and then high all of a sudden, like when you're solving for the equations. Certain equations will do that, yes. It's, it's, that's what's, you've gotten to the uh, middle section where it goes from really infinitesimally small to infinitesimally big on the, on the graph. It's making it explode. Okay. It's a visual asymptote. Richard's looking confused, but. I mean, that's not what an asymptote is, but sure. Is that what it, it's the... The asymptote is where you're doing the graph and you have the line that gets closer and closer and closer to another line, but never actually touches. Oh, it was basically... What's the one that then crosses like... I thought it was the same thing. <laughs> Besides you, the you, you want it like a double, a double J curve? Sure. I don't, I don't remember that. It's been a while since I've been in math class and I don't use that math for, for my work. So... But basically, it's a... So maybe what the real math thing is, is that we needed some way to fit pi into the calculations. Mm -hmm. And so a spherical baseball well, of course, would we'll throw, do that. Throw pi in there a couple times. Sure. Can't, couldn't hurt. I, I mean, if, if you're doing math and there's not enough pi showing up, you're doing something wrong, oh, right? Better, you know what? Just, just to be safe, you better throw an E in there, too. Oh, yeah. There's got to be at least one E. Of course. And maybe an I? Yeah. Because you don't really know like how it's supposed to work, so we'll just make up a number. Oh, I also bet maybe his calculations were being done in a two-dimensional space, mm. and he forgot to throw in a three-dimensional space. Yeah, he wasn't factoring for doing it on a curve. Yeah, because Earth's a sphere, yeah, not and, a flat plane. And by putting the representative sphere <laughs> in the laser, it calibrated the laser to work on a 
in spherical in geometry. Spherical geometry, yeah. <laughs> Dang Euclid, get your flat planes out of here. Yeah, go hang out with the other flat earthers. All right, so there's some very sketchy math concepts for you. Or baseballs that block that block uh, stray radiation. Either or. I mean, maybe he just needed to put like a container like over that anyways. He's probably just going to put a sheet of glass or something to that's at a specific that will allow a specific wavelength to go through, but to to fix the heating problem or put sunglasses on it. Make it look cool (laughs) and a racing stripe so it shrinks faster. He's going to put flames on the side of it. Yeah. Paint it red. Yeah. that That's the marketed. <laughs> well, it's got to have a you covering. Get, you get your shrink ray standard. And then the turbo. I would call it the shrink ray professional. You can have it all in black. Or maybe gunmetal silver. No, yeah, gunmetal silver is the professional. But the one with the flames and the red paint, that's the turbo. Mm-hmm. That's a limited edition pro. Oh, no. Limited edition turbo. The Project Red. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that one donates to charity. Probably. All right. So. Oh, yeah. Plottles. <laughs> <laughs> when the kids encounter the stream of dog urine, Russ suggests that they could get some rope that they could make a log bridge, only to realize they don't have any logs and they don't have any rope. Okay. Later, however, after the scorpion attack, they conveniently have both to erect a fence to keep out any further intruders. Okay. And where's the plot hole in this? Where'd the rope come from? They made it? I mean, how hard is it to make a rope? You gotta have rope. I don't know. Isn't isn't rope making a very complicated uh, skill? I mean, is not it- if you know how to do it. It's actually pretty easy is it hard to do a braid i mean that braid's not a rope all right yeah i'm totally with you guys like (laughs) like rope you you really just need a fiber you twist it in one direction fold it in half let it uncoil and then twist it some more fold that in half and coil it again and bam now you have a four strand braided rope and the thing is you said there's just need fiber and you know what they're surrounded by giant blades of grass made of fiber like there's just there's fiber all over the place and another thing, like, okay, so they don't have a rope or lock what, during the stream part. But it's like, okay, at the at that point, they're trying to get to the house as fast as they can. They have to stop for night. So that's a pretty good time to make rope. And I think a scorpion attack is a pretty good motivation. To, to now get yourself some rope. To get yourself some ropes and uh, basic barricades. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what got... Humanity forward and civilization was when you had to sit down and say, wait, a giant scorpion's going to attack us. Maybe we should do something about it. It's true. So I, I wouldn't even call this a plot hole, to be honest. It's just a matter of timing. I only call it a plot hole because IMDb allows it to be a plot hole. To be fair, IMDb allows a lot of things to happen. That's what happens when you have uh, community donated things. But that community gives us our bread and butter for this podcast, mm-hmm. so I won't complain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they might have been able to get around that problem earlier if they were willing to stop stop and put some effort into it. But like the full enormity of the uh, what they were going through probably hadn't struck them. They had such a small understanding of the situation. 
They were not seeing the big picture. Limited view. Yeah, very limited view. I mean, yeah. It's uh <laughs> I'm trying to think of a I'm trying to think of a pun. <laughs> trying to get in on this. Yeah, but they had not quite grasped the enormity of the project before them. I want I keep thinking up uh petite or whatever. I'm like but I don't know. You can talk about, you know, the scale of the project. See, now you're getting perhaps it's scope. Now we're back to logistics. I mean, they did have to overcome their small mindedness that was keeping them apart. It's true. I mean, I don't know. And they had to grow as people. (laughs) Yes, that is the to to overcome the problem. Uh huh. (laughs) Yeah. It's too late. I can't think. (laughs) (laughs) It's too late. We've gone silly. (laughs) I should make for a great show, right? Probably. Right. Is is that all the plot holes? Do do any of you have any plot holes in your in your mind? The the only plot hole I have was it is the one you talked about on Reddit. They're shrinking size, but not shrinking like weight. Yeah. So when the scorpion came, why didn't they just come up and falcon punch it? It would go right through that carapace. Um. No. It wanted half. I'm pretty sure I could crush a scorpion with my bare thumb. So all I have to go, they have to put their thumb on the scorpion and like shoot it across the yard. I'm wondering if we should just get a, like a GoFundMe for Eric to punch a scorpion. Well, I don't want to kill it. To make it a fair fight, we'd have to be the same size. And well, either one of those is horrifying. I'm sure we could get a baseball. Look, we'll just go to where this movie was filmed down in like Mexico City, where they have giant scorpions. And then you can just punch one. You're not that big. I've been down there. The scorpions I saw weren't that big. Yeah, you only saw the baby ones, obviously. No, they were adult size. Baby ones you can't see. So an adult size scorpion is big enough for you to punch. Yeah, but I don't want to kill it. If it was trying to eat me, sure, I'd kill it. But they're just chilling there. Yeah, see, I I think that the the big problem is they would have just, like, died already if they were still that heavy and that size. Mm Mm-hmm. They could, their bones wouldn't be able to support themselves. Yeah, their bones wouldn't support them. Like, it's like the huge inverse of the square cube roll just crushing down on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's I how bet, you get singularities. I bet their blood couldn't even pump either. Maybe, maybe but basically your um, electrical signal, all the, the chemistry that you need to run your body wouldn't be able to happen. I mean, we'd have to look at fluid dynamics, but yeah, I think... Well, like, I mean, that's that why, much... like, spider legs are run on hydraulics. Yeah, when they get shrunk, they would have just, like, popped. Mm-hmm. But that's why there's uh, sketchily applied pin particles. Now, I just had a realization, guys. So, what kind of core is there in the baseball? Are we assuming that it's a, a rubber core? I'd assume so. Because it's not a, is that what professionals use, or is that I don't know, but I'm thinking because they don't don't they use the exact same baseball mm-hmm. later on? It's not just any baseball. There's a flux capacitor <laughs> that got burned through the baseball by accident, which allows the uh, shrinking to work. I don't think that's the. I don't think that's it, John. I think the baseball was providing a grounding force, you know, because you have a ground flux ball. Flux capacitors fix problems. Ground ground they ball. They capacitate your flux. It's a ground ball. It means they're out, and they're able to shrink. Breaker's like, we need a call on the umpire. 
I'm just thinking that somehow, some way, the core was able to create a flux capacitor within the baseball, and that's what allows them to shrink successfully without dying terribly and blowing things up. I think if it is a rubber core for a baseball, it was probably vulcanized rubber, so they had help from the Spock. It's either rubber or cork. And they did have a dog named Quark, which is pretty similar. So it might have been Quark. I, either way, I, I feel like it's something that would, you know, get like a, a little Y shape in there that allows energy to run through it. And that's why that's they can just shrink. The, that's just the isn't stitching that, on the baseball. Isn't that for time travel, John? Shrinking's completely now, different. Now, to be fair, I'm just assuming that at the, because we talk about, we get all of the food towards the end. I'm assuming that this is just what Johnny Depp was wanting to eat when he was telling someone this story. Oh, we're giving this a Depp depth. Look, if you want to explain logical inconsistencies about ridiculous things, there's nothing better than having Johnny Depp trying to trying to get food off of a child at a carnival somewhere. <laughs> Given that there's a giant turkey, I'm going to assume it's some kind of renaissance fair and he wants the kid's turkey leg. It's like, you know... I've seen a turkey leg bigger than that. It's like, when? When I was looking through the window of this family that recently shrunk in their kids and then grown them back up to the regular size. Let me tell you about it. Exactly. I think that's how this works. So, is that, is that the plot holes? That's the plot holes. We're not get, letting me have flux capacitor carved through a baseball? Look, I'm going to say that that sounds even more ridiculous than having Johnny Depp trying to bilk a turkey leg off of a child at a renaissance festival. Those things cost like 22 bucks, so they, that kid better not let his turkey leg go. Except it's Johnny Depp who's about to tell him a story about a crazy guy that shrank his kids. I mean, he is pretty charismatic. So yeah, but I think that is the list of plot holes. Alright, so, uh, Honey Shrunk the Kids. It's a fun film. I enjoyed it. Was this the, So when was the first time you guys saw this movie? Sometime when I was very yeah, young on VHS. What, I didn't see in theaters. I was about three or so, so. I might have seen it in I theaters. I didn't. Who knows? I would have been very young. I, I saw the VHS. So, or we watched it on VHS. I think I mentioned that. I was, think my grandma had it. My parents had it recorded off of TV. Ooh, with the nice, with the 80s, not 80s commercials, but just the... So does that mean that you didn't have... I did not have the Roger Rabbit thing at the front. Mm -hmm. I have no special attachment to that clip. I think they only made like two Roger Rabbit shorts anyways, so... And one of those was just the fake short that starts uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? No, I think there were... If that's the case, then I think there's three. Because I think they include a Roger Rabbit clip on Honey, I Blew Up the Kid as well. If only there's some sort of device. I can no, use you it. can't use your devices anymore. Only Richard is allowed to look things up on the internet while recording. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that is literally my job as the facts guy. AI's How dare job. you? AI will take your job. Ugh. I just got to, you know, prompt me or whatever. All right. Hey, Eric. Was there a Roger Rabbit short at the front at the beginning of Honey, I Blew Up the Kid? Maybe. <laughs> All right. There we go. Definitive answer from the AI. It is AI that speaks both truth and lies. <laughs> um, you know, yeah, I I like it. It's uh, it doesn't overstay its welcome. It's doesn't have much downtime. Um, it's fun for kids, and it's got enough peril 
to make it exciting, but not necessarily much danger. It also makes you care about an ant. Yeah, it makes you care about a single solitary ant, and you are sad when that ant dies. And you've known that ant for like, I don't ten minutes? Yeah, yeah. You like that ant more than you like Antony from uh, Ant-Man. Mm-hmm. And he plays the drums. And the scorpion was scary, too. Oh, like yeah, as I think as as that is a scary scorpion. Um, so watching it this time, I definitely, this is the first time I've seen it in quite a while. <laughs> it's the first time seeing it as an adult. I definitely got a lot of Goonie vibes from this movie. Well, ooh. one of the things I didn't go into is that some of the musical stings are used in both this and the Goonies. I'm trying. So, who did the Goonies? It was Steven Spielberg's. Ambl- was it Amblin? It was Amblin. Okay, and this was. This Disney. was Disney. I, I was wondering if it was Touchstone, the adult Disney, well, adult, but the the grown up Disney, uh, studio. Um, but I think it's actual Walt Disney. Yep, this one was a Walt Disney. Okay. Um. But yeah, just watching it, definitely felt a lot of Goonie vibes. Also, not to sound too old. I do appreciate all the practical sets that they made for this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Like on a uh, high definition, you can tell like when they're in the backyard that the houses are just like the wall of the studio, Mm -hmm. but it's a really cool backyard and they have the multiple stages. Like after it gets cut, there's all the half sized leafs now, Mm -hmm. but it just, it also gives depth to, the shots whereas okay you're in a marvel movie and sure the shot looks pretty and it's supposed to look big and spacious but they're just on a green sound stage it's there's no weight to it whereas this feels like there's stuff is happening when the uh drops of water come down and explode mm-hmm. you're like oh that's that that look that looks like a drop of water exploding mm-hmm. like they might be in danger here so I do appreciate the the actual practical effects they did. And just practical sets. So there's me there's ending my old rant. <laughs> I like it when they made things for movies. Back in my day, they actually made uh, sets for their movies, as was this custom as the time. Said so you walking around in a big empty green room wondering what you're interacting with? No, they have a tennis ball and a stick. <laughs> Sometimes they have two tennis balls. I bet they don't do that for the Airbud movies, though. The dog would chase after it, obviously. Yeah, so I know I've seen all of uh, all all of the movies mm-hmm. on some level, and I did what we were younger. We would watch the uh, the TV series sometimes. So what was the TV series even about? Was it like people getting shrunk every... No, it, it was kind of the concept of, you know, scientists with ra- random uh, inventions that do things and cause problems. So is it, it's not an anthology, though. It's not an anthology. It's always the Zelenskys. So would it be kind of like Eureka, that Seafy show that came out in the 2000s-ish? I think... Mm. No... It's closer to like (sighs) 
think like Dexter's lab plus Malcolm in the middle. Yeah. That, okay. That's, that's a good way to describe it. Okay. So was Zel- oh, so Zelinsky was making uh, the all the yeah he like you know he they're, was, they're making some invention and then it would cause them some sort of problem that they could resolve in thirty minutes or in less. Thirty minutes or less. I actually think it was a an hour long show episode. So yeah. so forty three, forty five minutes. Okay. And also you you know there's some like other moral of the story being learned at the same time. As was the custom of the time. As was the custom. But Please, the education board. Well, we can't have just uh, toy commercials for kids. Oh, wait. Um, so if you haven't watched Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, you should watch it. Thing? I'm just trying to think. Okay, so I've, I've definitely watched Honey, I Shrunk the Kids way more. I'm trying to th- remember how many times I've seen um, Honey, I Blew Up the Kid, which I don't think I've seen. I've seen maybe twice. I have seen Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves multiple times, but that's because I was bored and it was on the Disney Channel a lot, which is what we usually watch as kids. But that's probably not important. It definitely, Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves is the weakest link of the, the trilogy. I mean, Did you play the video game yet? Is there a video game? I mean, there's the game called Grounded, which is about getting shrunk in your backyard. I have not played that game. And funny thing. Grounded was an operational title for the film while it was being filmed. Aha. Uh-huh. That one you get trunk in your backyard and they have a very terrifying wolf spider if you're an arachnophobe. I thought that was the game where if you were arachnophobe, you could turn off spiders. You can also do that, but then you have glowy balls with googly eyes on them trying to kill you instead, which I'm not certain is better, but possibly if you're an arachnophobe so i'm just wondering about this movie like the way directions they could go because they're like all right so we shrunk the kids then we made the kids big where else could you go and they're like let's shrink the parents honey i shrunk the president (laughs) (laughs) it's like olympus has fallen or whatever (laughs) but look i'm just waiting for gundam war in the pocket to have a much more literal title interpretation (laughs) stuck in the pocket (laughs) Oh, that's my favorite Gundam. I'm not. I think it's colony just a, drop is going to mean a completely different thing. Somebody just literally drops a colony that they were holding. I mean, isn't the plot of every Gundam really the same? The colonies go to war against Earth, and some guy has like a super robot. And we just have to trade robots. who's the bad guy. Okay, I can see where it come from, John, and I am slightly taking that personally. But <laughs> <laughs> but basically, the story is war is bad. But we can make, look really cool doing it. War is bad, but look how awesome it is. But giant robots are neat. Yeah. <laughs> Don't know. We just kind of ended up in Gundam straight from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Well, War in the Pocket. Uh, is, is that the one where that's like them fighting their models against each other? No, that is Gunpla. Um, Dynasty, I think? Um, it is not Gundam specifically, although Gundam is, it's Gundam plastic. It's part of this whole family. Yeah. That's, I think that's, there's like two series of that, like two separate shows based on that. Um, Gundam, the one Richard was talking about, is set in the final days of the one year war for the original uh, mobile suit Gundam, the original, original one. 
This one came out, I want to say, 10 years after the original series. And it's just the ending. Or it's a side story in the end. As an entertaining note, it came out the same year as Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Oh, and brought it all back around. (laughs) Nice. Well, thank you for that uh, information and to try and make it topical. (laughs) But you know what? Also got to thank our patrons. We wouldn't shrink you guys. Maybe. Maybe. It would have been an accident if we did. Maybe we'll make you a little bit taller. Like if you ever wanted to be. Do you want to be on the basketball team? Now you can. You know, Richard, we could shrink you like half of an inch and then you'd be able to buy hats easier. That is tempting, but I just got a new hat and it fits and it's fantastic. Well, we can throw that in the wash. It will shrink. Yeah, we could shrink the hat. We can we can make hats bigger. That would be way more nice. Way more nice. And then I just buy any hat, and then it'll fit. But yeah, thank you, patrons. We we wouldn't shrink you, probably. and we'd probably just like grow your at food least for on you. purpose. Yeah, we'd help you win that pumpkin contest. I guess it depends which type of pumpkin ch- contest because you got you know you the biggest pumpkin grown, but you also got your pumpkin chunkin contest to see which one you can toss the furthest. Yeah. Or, you know, you put in it like a potato gun. But To be pumpkins. honest, we are all about building ourselves a pumpkin trebuchet, so we would definitely help you with that. The superior siege implement. But, if you believe my hypothesis about uh, matter being a net for dark matter, leave a like on Facebook and comment about the uh, proof, so I don't have to do that work. Or, in 280 characters or less, let us know at Plot Spackle Pod on X. Tell us, what is the scariest thing you would find in your backyard growing up? If you were shrunk down. It doesn't have to be like real scary stuff. Or if you've got your crazy conspiracy theory map about how all Disney films are part of the MCU, send us your crazy string board map at pod, it's plot spackle podcast at gmail.com. You know, by making the depth depth, we've just made it easier. Like, we, we can combine anything now because it's just as long as there's food that we think Johnny Depp would want to eat. Which is convenient for us. Because we don't even know him, so we can just, like, make up his food preferences. But it's not the real Johnny Depp. It's just the, what, Kimosabi? It's, it's the Johnny Depp that's stuck oh, in. Oh, Tonto. That's it's the name. Johnny Depp that is stuck in, you know, stuck out of time. Mm-hmm. Someday. He has to jump into new new times, and someday he might return to his original jump. Yep. The, so, ne- the so, next leap might be his last. But he's still leaping. He's still delving? He's going Spelunking? deeper. He's going deeper. Okay, so, 